Hey, we have been in a series called Let's Talk About It, where we are talking about some challenging issues around mental health and how God steps into those and comes alongside of us, even in the midst of those difficult kinds of challenges. And while you may never experience things like clinical depression or an anxiety disorder, what we're going to talk about today is possible for all of us to experience at one time or another. We're talking about the challenging issue of stress and burnout and how we can handle that with God alongside of us in better ways. Jump in with us, invite a friend along, click the message notes below, and let's go. It has been a challenging series, no, no doubt. Worn on us a little bit emotionally, maybe you've been feeling that. Uh, so to lighten things up a little bit for this week, we thought we'd lean into the softball issue of stress and burnout. Anybody? Yeah, here's the thing. You may never in your life struggle with clinical depression or with some other clinically diagnosable mental health disorder. You may never have an anxiety disorder, but here's the good news. Burnout is available to everybody, right? I mean, there is plenty of it to go around. It doesn't matter who you are. If you want to experience burnout, guess what? You can. But here's the thing, burnout is different from all these other things we've talked about also in at least this way, that while these other things may, be, may not be avoidable for some, like if you struggle with clinical depression, listen, th that may be a part of your life that God will give you grace for and meet you in. These other things may not be avoidable, but here's the deal, burnout is optional. Now, stress that's unavoidable. We're going to have stress in our life, but burnout doesn't have to be inevitable. You don't have to go there. And let me be quick to say, that does not mean that there are many of us here who have really challenging things going on in our life that are in really stressful situations. Maybe for some of you, it's because you provide critical and essential services for the rest of us. I mean, caregiver fatigue is a real thing. The stress that comes with certain roles like law enforcement, other first responders, serving in the military, those kind of teachers, medical professionals, the kind of stress that some of you experience in those kind of professions does need a special kind of care and attention. And listen, even if you're not in one of those professions, just getting through life these days comes with this elevated level of stress that shows up in all kinds of places. Something happened during that pandemic that elevated the stress floor for all of us. And depending on which study you read these days, 65 to 70% of people in the workplace experienced some form of burnout in 2023. And listen, it's not just in the workplace. Depleted mother syndrome, depleted parent syndrome is something that the American Psychological Association has been tracking over the last several years. They said that last year, maybe as many as 5 million parents experienced a level, a level of burnout that goes beyond just the normal stresses and strains of parenting. And here's the deal. Even if you're retired, many retired people report being busier than they were when they worked. Right, retired people? I mean, the financial pressures that come in retirement, pressures around health care and health insurance, the well-being of your children, a lot of pressures come in retirement at a time when you think life ought to be a little bit easier. But in spite of all of this, 
Listen, I deeply believe that even while stress is unavoidable, the crash of burnout does not have to be inevitable. But before we get started in this, can I say a really hard thing to us? It's this. Burnout is a self-inflicted wound. It is self-inflicted. I know from firsthand experience. See, I got introduced to the topic of burnout one night when I found myself staggering down the middle of the Las Vegas Strip. I felt dizzy, I felt weak, I felt sick, I thought I was gonna throw up or pass out, or both. Not because of that. I was 11 and a half miles into a half marathon that I was running at the time, okay? Thank you. And I went from feeling about as good as I had ever felt running a half marathon to about as bad as I had ever felt in my life in about a half mile stretch. I thought, if I keep going, I'm gonna pass out and wake up in a medical tent somewhere. That's what's about to happen to me. I did what runners call hitting the wall. Anybody been there? Not fun. I mean, sure, I'd been tired some days and gone home early and stuff. It was nothing like that. It stopped me dead in my tracks. And I want to emphasize the word dead. It was not a good feeling. And you want to know why that happened to me? I found out later. Uh, I didn't fuel the machine properly. In non-athlete terms, I didn't eat enough. Simple as that. And I got the full effect of what happens to you when your body runs out of gas. I, I had to stand by the side of the road for like 20 minutes to recover and to feel good enough to kind of hobble it into a jog and get across the finish line. But here's the bad news. That would not be the last time that I felt like that. That would not be the last time that burnout would come and visit me. Uh, several years ago, I had a job with this church. Okay, let me say it differently. I had a job with this church <laughs> And all of a sudden, I found myself feeling that same way all over again. Uh, it admittedly had been a challenging season for me in the role that I was in. Um, we were in the early stages of succession planning when uh, we were going to hand leadership off from Pastor Kevin, who had led here so well for so long, and hand it to, to Pastor Drew. And uh, there was a large staff to manage, still is, large staff to manage at the time. But one day, in the midst of, of all the things, I found myself crashing. Uh, this time it took a little more than 20 minutes to recover. In fact, it took me about six months, some extended time off and a week of intensive counseling to start feeling like a normal human being again. And here's the thing that I realized, that in both of those instances, I didn't burn out because of what was going on around me. I burned out because of what was going on inside of me. At the half marathon, listen, it was a cool night, no wind, flat track, lots of support, people cheering us on, great conditions to run a half marathon in, and I crashed. And in my job, I mean, I could say it was a tough season, I could say there was a lot of things going on, a lot of things that I was handling. In fact, even in the midst of that really tough season, my wife came down with a bad case of breast cancer. And that put a pressure and a strain on me that I had never known before. The concern for her health and the unknown of the process that we were digging into. I mean, it was a tough season and it was a tough season. My wife's doing fine these days, by the way. Thank you for asking. Yeah. But here's the thing. Around here at Canyon Ridge, 
We prioritize personal and spiritual well-being for our staff. We lean into our days off. Prayer and fasting days, we give as a gift to our staff so that they can spend a day a month connecting deeply with God. We provide counseling for our staff members and for every member of their family so that they can handle the stresses that come their way in a healthy manner. Listen, we lean into sabbaticals for our team here. You stay here long enough and you get sabbaticals along the way, extended periods of time for rest and recovery. We get held accountable for vacation time that we take and how well we're showing up and thriving in our jobs. Listen, we do a lot of stuff around here to prioritize our health and well-being. And even in that environment, I burned out. It's not because of what was happening around me. It was what was happening inside me. It was a self inflicted wound. Now, uh, sidebar, if you've been hanging around and listening to this whole series, you might be thinking, you know, Aaron struggles with anxiety. Drew and his wife have this battle with depression. Mitch burned out. Dude, you guys are messed up. What is, what is up with that? Like, what kind of church is this? Well, let me tell you, We're the kind of church that realizes Jesus invites all of us messed up people to come and find healing and help in him, right? We we decided we just want to be the kind of church where you can bring your mess and your mistakes and your challenges and your brokenness, and you can find empathy here and healing here and support here from some other messed up people who are being transformed a little bit at a time to be more and more like our Savior who never lets us go. So are we messed up around here? You don't know the half of it. (laughs) But with Jesus, we are finding our way a little more into the health and wholeness that he offers us. Do you have a story like that? You can. Just hang around for a while, right? Right? Listen, I thought I was the least likely person to burn out. If you'd have just asked me, I'd have told you, look, I've been a high school football player, a college football player. I know how to push myself. I know how to work hard. All the stuff. Looking back, it might have been exactly that mindset that got me in trouble in the first place. Here's why I burned out. And here's why you might burn out too. Burnout happens when we mismanage this equation right here. Stress and replenishment in our life have to equal. They have to equal. This doesn't mean stress and replenishment are the same thing. We know that's not true. The amounts of stress and the types of stress that we have in our life have to be matched with the amount and type of replenishment that meets those demands, right? I mean, you look at my story and it just makes sense. Running that half marathon, too much stress for too long a period of time, that's what happens to you. Same thing at work, too much stress for too long a period of time, not enough of the right kind of replenishment, and you burn out. That's what happens. Listen, there's a lot being said these days about work-life balance, right? A lot of people are screaming about more work-life balance. But I think this is a better thing to measure. Here's why. Because even when you go home from work, life meets you with a lot of stress, doesn't it? Like, we don't just escape stress when we go home to our life Life comes with a lot of stress. Life comes with a lot of challenges. Just navigating life comes with a lot of pressure. But here's the thing. It works the other way around, too. You get too much replenishment of the wrong kind and not enough stress of the right kind, and you will also burn out. 
right? Think about it like this. Um, why was the gym parking lot full in January? It's because some of us looked at ourselves and went, whoa, I got way too much replenishment over the holidays or last year. And what do we do? We go sign up for some stress, right? We go sign up for that dude with the microphone to yell at us and make us ride the bike and all the stuff. Because we got to keep these things. That's a whole other message, by the way. I wish we had time to talk about that. Ask me about it later. Too much replenishment, right? Is there such a thing as too much replenishment? Some of you are asking. But here's the thing. Burnout is really about too much stress for too long a period of time. Nobody burns out in a day. You might feel stressed out in a day. You might feel worn out from a day. But real burnout happens over time, a little bit every day. And it's a place where you can, when you, when you get to a place of burnout, it's the kind of place you get to when you can no longer rally and recover quickly. Burnout comes on us and gives us the gift of an emotional fatigue that brings numbness and despair. It's a place where you find yourself unable to recover your perspective. In other words, every problem, everything that gets set on your desk or handed to you feels huge and insurmountable. Like you can't even imagine taking on one more thing because even if it's a little thing, even if it's just asked to do a simple task, you feel like, oh my God, I just can't, I can't take anymore. And maybe the scariest part of all, and this is part of what, all of these things are part of what I experienced. Burnout makes hopefulness and the anticipation of the future disappear. It robs us of our hope. In my burned out state, I remember sitting in my, my office one day and thinking, I can hang on for about four more months, I think, and then I don't know what happens. It's, it's like the road of my life just disappeared into a fog at about four months. And I, th I thought, I wonder, this, this is how you feel when you start to think about doing desperate or rash things right here. See, none of that happens because of what happened one day. It shows up over time, and that's why it might be so dangerous. That's why it, it might be so insidious. It, it's hard to see coming. Like, nobody shows up with a sign and go, hey, next week you're gonna, you're gonna lapse into burnout. That's not how it happens. And sometimes we have to rely on others to see it coming for us, to be watching our life, and to help us to see it. When we mismanage stress and replenishment, this is where we end up. And here's the thing. It can happen to anybody. In fact, it happened to our good friend Moses. I realized we've been picking on Moses a lot during this series. That guy must have been a mess too, right? But listen, he had a lot of challenges going on in his life. And we're going to pick up the story with Moses in about chapter 18 of the book of Exodus. Um, we just, again, Drew's encouraging you to read the book of Exodus. Read the book of Exodus. It is an epic story. And it'll tell you a whole lot about how God deals with his people. But we're going to pick up Moses in Exodus chapter 18. He's right in the middle of leading the people of Israel out of Egypt on this epic journey across the desert to the promised land. It's just in the thick of all of that mix. And now you've got to remember something about Moses also. The reason Moses was in the position he was in was because he had gotten a promotion from being the leader of a herd of sheep to the senior pastor of a church of two million people. That's where he went. And he's trying to figure out how to lead all of these people when the last job he had was watching sheep, all right? And one of the duties that he has in this job 
was to sort out all of the disputes that were happening between the two million people that were following him. Can you imagine? You think your job stinks, right? That is not a good job. And we picked the story up there with Moses, and it says this. It says, the next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. In other words, there was a long line of people waiting to see Moses. And he was sitting there having to handle all of their disputes. It says, when Moses' father-in-law, now Moses' father-in-law was a guy named Jethro. Remember Jethro? Moses um, ends up working for Jethro herding sheep, and that's when he gets called to go be in this new job of leading all these people. So Jethro's still hanging around and watching Moses. And this is like a great father-in-law, a great example of what a good father-in-law is like. He says, he sees all that Moses was doing for the people, and he asks Moses, what are you really accomplishing here by doing it this way? Why are you trying to do all of this alone while everyone stands around from morning until evening waiting on you? And Moses, like a good son-in-law, is a little defensive and has a good answer for him. He says, look, he says, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me. I'm the one who settles the cases between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. He's saying, look, man, I, I got a hard job here. And he had a legitimately hard job to do. A lot was on him to settle all of these disputes. But do you see what he was doing to himself? Do you see where this was headed? Good, good news was his father-in-law Jethro did. Jethro saw where all this was headed. We're going to come back to this a little later, all right? But at this point, Jethro wisely speaks into Moses' life. He had cultivated the kind of relationship with Moses where even as his father-in-law, he could speak well into his life in a way that Moses would listen. We need to cultivate those kind of relationships with people to say, hey, would you ride along with me and watch in the windows of my life and help me to navigate the balance of stress and replenishment so I don't get my life out of whack. We need people like that around us and we need to be those kind of people for others. We need to cultivate the kind of relationship with others where we could put our arm around somebody and say, hey, Man, do you see what you're doing to yourself? Do you just notice what's, what's going on? We need to be like Jethro to other people. Well, this is what Jethro went on to say to Moses. He said, look, Moses, come on, man. This is not good. It's not good. You are going to wear yourself out. And all the people, too. He was saying, look, man, this isn't just hard on you. The way you are carrying, the things you are carrying is not just going to wear you out. It's wearing everybody else out too. I mean, here's all these people standing in this line all day long waiting for their disputes to get handled. And do you think as they're standing in line waiting for their dispute to get handled that their dispute is getting better between them? I mean, what do you think they're doing out there in line? They're having a nice conversation about the weather. They're out there arguing with each other even more. Right? It's hurting the people around you when they're having to wait on you for this. And then Jethro points this out to him. He says, look, the job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Have you ever felt like that? Feel like that about your job right now? Feel like that about the pressures you've got right now? 
Man, all of us can feel like that at one time or another, right? Man, what I'm handling is just too much for me to carry all by myself. That, that phrase right there is what leads us to burn out if we're not careful. But let me ask you something right here. Why do you think God would give Moses a job that was too big for him to carry alone? Could it be that maybe there's something that we're supposed to learn from our limitations? Maybe there's something we're supposed to pick up from watching ourselves not be able to handle everything that we're supposed to handle. Here's the thing I know. You can do anything. You really can. You're an amazing bunch of people. You can do anything, but you can't do everything. If what you're carrying is too heavy for you to carry all by yourself, then maybe you were never meant to carry it all by yourself. So Jethro goes on. He says, Moses, listen to me. Let me give you some words of advice and may God be with you in this. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees. Give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. In other words, you do have a job to do. There is something for you to do here. Don't just quit your job, right? God has given you some things to do here. But there is a better way to carry it than the way you have been carrying it. You need to do some things differently. So he tells Moses, here's what you ought to do. You ought to, you ought to get some people together and train them up and let them help you sort out some of the smaller, easier disputes. Right? Divide the people up into groups of 150 and 10 smaller groups and appoint other people to deal. Get a better plan together and begin handing things off to other trusted people who can help you sort out these disputes. That's what you ought to do. And then he goes on to say, look, if you follow this advice and if God commands you, I mean, check this plan with God and make sure God's in this too. He says, then you will be able to endure the pressures. And all these people including you, Moses, will get to go home in peace. And I just love the humility of the next line. Where Moses, it says, Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice. And all you father-in-laws are like, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and he followed his suggestions. I just love how the Bible leaves these stories in here. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this whole story is like totally inconsequential to the journey of the people of Israel to the promised land. You know, in spiritual terms, there's, there's nothing really in this. There's no miracles in it. You know, God doesn't come and intervene in some miraculous way. It's just good, solid, practical wisdom that God leaves for us in Scripture so that it's not lost to history. And there's a couple of practical things we can learn from just this simple story about this epic in Moses' life where he was wearing himself out and there was a better way to do it. So here's these couple practical things. First, set some things down. Just set some things down. You need time to rest. We all need time to rest. And you ought to evaluate it on two fronts. Either set some things down permanently that you don't need to be carrying. Wrestle out what those things are. 
or just to set some things down for a while. Like just take a break. Take some time off of worrying about those things, of carrying those things. It's called a vacation. It's called a weekend. It's called a day off, right? Take some time and set the things down. Set your phone down for a while. Shut your laptop for a while and set things down for a while to rest. We need time to rest. Listen, just two chapters after this, in Exodus chapter 20, God is giving the same group of people some important instructions about how to live well. And number four of the top 10 things he tells them in this very important list of instructions, are you following me? Was this, remember to observe the Sabbath by keeping it holy. This was farther up on the list than don't kill people. This got more ink than stay faithful to your wife and your husband. Keep the, observe the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, set some stuff down, right? It's a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord, your, Lord your God. On that day, uh, no one in your household may do any work, but he's not done. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your lives. Don't let your animals do any work. Like, don't make your dog go get your slippers or whatever, right? Any foreigners living among you, nobody is going to be working. Let me keep going. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, but, like, God had an important job too, you know, but on the seventh day he rested. That's why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. I mean, it's almost as if God was watching Moses work himself near to death and is going, I'm gonna have to command this dude to take a day off. That's what's gonna have to happen here. I'm gonna have to put it on the big list. And isn't that the way God is with us sometimes? Like we complain so much about how heavy our burden is and then when God says, take some time to rest, we go, no, 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 I can't do that. And listen, remember, in this context with these people, they didn't have a fridge. They didn't have a Yeti to haul their food around in. They didn't have in and out to stop by and get dinner on the way home. They didn't work. They didn't eat, or so they thought. You see, the whole Sabbath thing was meant to be an exercise in learning to trust God to provide. The whole resting thing that God wants us to do is all about learning that when I am not working, God is still working. God is still hard at it. When we set things down and rest, what you're saying is this, God, I trust you to run the world for a while. I'm gonna be over here resting. I trust you to provide for me. See, there's some things that God wants us to teach us from our limitations, right? So when is your 24-hour period of time? Or when are your regular blocks of time when you intentionally set your work down and produce nothing and trust your life to God? When are your periods of time? Could you name them right now to say, these are the times I've set aside, you know what? I don't know what else is going on, but I ain't working. And I'm gonna trust God to run my life and to provide for me and to take care of my needs and I'm gonna live my life that way. We need to rest, simple as that. Listen, every athlete knows this. Stress makes us weaker. You go to the gym, you work out, and what happens to your muscles in the course of that workout? They get weaker, don't they? 
It's in the moments of rest in between workouts that they get stronger. That's when strength actually builds so you can come back stronger the next time. It's almost like God knew something about how our bodies and how our life works when he told us to rest. Listen, if you want to avoid burnout, you're going to have to set some things down. Let me say it again. Burnout is a self-inflicted wound. Second thing we ought to do, though, is we got to hand some things off. We got to set some things down and like following Moses' example, we got we to hand some things off. We got to find trusted people around us and hand things off. Remember the questions that Erin posed to us back when she was talking about anxiety? These are from Steve Cuss. It says, the questions were this, what is mine to carry? What is theirs to carry? What is God's to carry? Here's the thing. Not everything is yours to carry. You don't have to carry it all by yourself. It's not good for you. And let me just tell you, it's not good for those around you either. In fact, you may be hurting or limiting the others around you when you don't let them contribute, when you don't let them bring their meaningful contribution to the table, when you don't let others pull their own weight. Listen, parents, it is possible for you to be over-parenting your children, taking on too much of the responsibility to solve all of their problems, to handle the the consequences and to rescue them from the consequences of their actions. You may be over-parenting your kids to their detriment and to yours. Listen, we get stronger learning to carry our own appropriate weight of responsibility and learning to trust God in the midst of those things. If you want others around you to grow, you have to let them carry what's theirs too. I heard, heard this quote. I can't remember where I heard the quote from, but it's a great quote, and I say it to myself all the time. Hey, Mitch, you know what? No one gets stronger watching the trainer work out. Listen, this isn't about shirking our responsibilities. It's about letting others grow as they learn to pick up appropriately and carry their responsibilities. Remember what Moses, or what Jethro said to Moses? He said, Moses, this job is too big a burden for you to handle all by yourself anyway. Haven't you said that at some point? This job is too much for me to carry anyway. These things are too much for me to carry by myself anyway. Listen, when you find that being true, hand some stuff off. Find those relationships around you. Cultivate those relationships around you. Let others help, and you will both grow from the process. Now, listen, this, this is all good and helpful stuff, right? We should do all of these things. Like, there's all kinds of stuff that we ought to do to replenish ourselves. I teach a three-hour workshop on things you can do practically to help replenish yourselves, like exercise, getting out in nature, being with great friends, all kinds of things that we ought to do to be replenishing ourselves and balancing that stress replenishment equation out, right? All of these things like taking time to rest and handing things to friends, all that stuff. But here's what, I, here's what I know, at least what I think I know. That, that maybe there are those here who have been silently arguing with me the entire time. You're like, look, dude, this all sounds really good and everything, but man, I got stuff to do. Like, you don't, you don't know my job. You don't know my life. You don't know my responsibilities. You don't know my pressures. You don't know what is on me. 
I mean, I'll, I'll rest, but I'll wait till I'm dead, right? I, I mean, I gotta go here. And you're right, I, I, you do have a lot on you, and I don't know your circumstances, and you probably will you know, rest when you're dead. <laughs> but let me just ask you this question. And maybe this would be a good time to just really be honest with yourself. Why can't you rest? Why is it so hard for you to shut off the work? Including that work that's going on in your mind all night that won't let you sleep. Why is that so hard for you? See, here's what I found out. A car that won't start is a problem. A car that won't stop is deadly. And if you're gonna balance stress and replenishment, you gotta get some rest. Why can't you set anything down or hand anything off? Why are you carrying all of that? Why are you doing all of that? Now, that's probably for a really noble reason. And that reason is this, because we think we're supposed to. But you remember when, when Jethro asked Moses, why are you doing all of this stuff? And Moses said this, he said, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me. And I'm the one who settles the cases between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees. I give them his instructions. Do you hear it? See, burnout grows in the fertile soil of isolation. When we somehow get into our head that all I'm carrying is all on me. We think I gotta carry it all. I'm supposed to carry it all. I'm supposed to know all of what to do. I'm supposed to handle all the responsibility and take it on myself. Listen, I wanna tell you, burnout is optional but not because stress is avoidable, but because rest is available. That's why we can avoid burnout. Because there is real rest that we can find in Jesus. The kind of rest, honestly, that many of us have been longing for, that many of us have been trying to find on those little weekend getaways and on those vacations that we go to and think, oh, now I need a vacation for my vacation. Maybe you've been looking in the wrong kind of place for the kind of rest that we actually need to carry the stresses, to carry the pressures in appropriate ways. Here's what Jesus says to us. This verse I want you to know has become an anchor for my soul. Jesus says this, come to me with all of your pressures and all of your stresses and all of the things that are on you and the things that are weighing you down, appropriate and inappropriate, all of the things that you're carrying, come to me. All of you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens. Anybody weary? Anybody carrying heavy burdens? Come to Jesus and he says, I will give you rest. Do you believe that? 
Do you believe that that's true? That if you bring all that you're carrying to him, he will help you find solutions, strategies to deal with it, escape from it, that he will help you find rest. Could you consider that this might possibly be true? That it's in coming to him and bringing all of those things to him that we find real rest that actually allows us to grow stronger so that we can come back and do life better and carry the things we're carrying better than we've ever done before. He will help us find that kind of rest. And he explains how he does it. He doesn't just leave us hanging there. He says, look, and here's how it works. You take my yoke on you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. In other words, I'm not harsh. I'm not, gonna, I'm not a taskmaster here, right? Take my yoke on you. Take, take my harness on you. T- connect yourself with me. Let me teach you how to do this, and you will find rest for your soul. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of rest I was looking for in the midst of my stress. Jesus is saying, look, there is a whole different way to approach your life. There is a whole different way to approach your responsibilities, to carry your stresses, to carry your pressures. Jesus is saying, this is the way. Harness yourself to me. Partner with me. Hand your stuff to me, and you will never pull another load alone. You will never never handle anything with only your own strength to count on. Let me show you how to do it. Let me handle it with you. Let me carry it with you. Trust me for what you need. And in doing this, you will find a rest for your soul. Maybe there's something we're supposed to learn from our limitations. And that is to come to Jesus. This is what we were made for. Jesus is saying, look, trust that I know Count on me that I know, whatever you're handling, I know. I know how to untangle it. I know what the end of this is going to look like. I know where this is going to end up. Just trust me that I already know. You don't have to figure it out. I've already got it all figured out. Trust that I'm in charge, that I'm in charge of the outcome. Like you don't have to work and manufacture and grind away to get to, I'm in charge of the outcome. And trust that when you're resting, I'm always at work. Like when you walk out of that really tough meeting and you're worried about what's going on in that room after you walked out the door, you know what's going on? Jesus is at work. When you have that tough conversation with your kids and you're going, oh my gosh, there they go out the door again and I hope they're taking what I told with them, you know, and you gotta go lay your head down and try to rest while your kids are out doing, you know what's happening? Jesus is at work. You know, when you've done all you can do at the end of a day, you lay yourself down and you're so exhausted, but you can't make your mind stop and you're thinking, man, I just need to stop the work and get some rest and go to sleep. You know what happens when you fall asleep? Jesus is still at work. And I'm telling you, he's working on it way better than you ever could and way better than I ever could. When you live like this, you will find rest for your soul. Because Jesus promises, look, my yoke is easy. The way that you will carry stuff with me alongside, 
that'll be easier to bear. And any burden that comes with that, any stress that comes with that, any stress that I allow to come into your life will be light by comparison to you carrying it all by yourself. So listen, I mean, think about it. How is your way working anyways of carrying all that stuff by yourself? Doing it alone never works as well as partnering with Jesus. So here's a prayer that I wanna leave with you here. In these moments of stress, right, maybe you, like I don't even have to ask you twice, you know, you know that, mo- that stress that you're carrying right now, just call it to mind. That stress about your finances, that stress about work, that stress about your friends, that stress in your family, those stresses that you're carrying. And just pray this prayer, Jesus, you know. Jesus, you're in charge of the outcome. And Jesus, I trust that you are at work right now. This, this prayer has become a constant prayer for me when stress has come my way. Jesus, you know how this is gonna work out. Jesus, you're in charge of the outcomes of this and you are at work right now. And I will just be, if you need me, I will just be sitting over here. But Jesus, I trust the work that you're doing. I'll be busy doing what I feel like is my responsibility, but I'm not gonna do what you can, only you can do. I trust you that you're at work right now. So let's, let's do this. Let's set some things down. Let's take a break at times, right? Let's hand some things to those people around us. But more than all of that, come to Jesus and partner with him. Let him show you a whole different way. And then do this. Look to those people around you who are stressed and struggling and pray that prayer over them. Just sit with them and say, can I just pray for you and your stress? Jesus, you know what my friend is going through and you're in charge of the outcome of their life and their thing and you are at work right now and they can count on that, amen. I pray that for your friends. So this week, notice when stress comes your way. Lean into it with the help of Jesus before stress turns into burnout. Experience the rest that he offers us. Pray that prayer that we offer. Jesus, you know. Jesus, you're in charge. Jesus, you are always at work. Even when I'm resting, you are always at work. See what happens as you lean into him. Experience the kind of rest that only he can offer to us. Listen, we're glad you've been with us. If we can help you with anything, go to our website at canyonridge.org. Find all the resources there, particularly those resources around mental health and how we can lean in and help you and to support you in your journey. Listen, subscribe, share, join us next week. We're glad you've been with us.